Welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. Hey y'all, I'm Stephanie Benya. Hey guys, I'm Stephanie Myers. Hey y'all, this is the show where we share stories and memories connected to the music that has shaped our lives. Hope your new year is getting off to a rad start. Yes, we have a really great episode for you today, Talk Tuners, and a fun song to discuss. I think it's really fun. I first wanted to talk a little bit about a really cool music documentary I recently saw about Brian Wilson, of course, legend and mastermind of the Beach Boys. He's fantastic. The documentary is called Long Promised Road. It's this great documentary that's um, structured as Brian travels to all these different places in California. And there are these places that shaped his music and shaped his life and shaped his trajectory. And he's playing these uh, songs in the cars. He rides along with his friend, the Rolling Stone Mm -hmm. writer, Jason Fine. Mm -hmm. And it's really neat. And it comes across as this really beautifully filmed road trip where he remembers this, uh, these times in his life through music. And uh, I highly recommend it. And as I watched it, I thought about, of course, how these memories are so important to us here on this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Also sharing these memories we connect to the music. And uh, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really neat. And we do love to recommend cool music related things to you, Talk Tuners. So I highly recommend that. I personally just really love Brian Wilson. Uh, Many years ago, I got the chance to interview him for a music publication. And he was just warm and wonderful, had wonderful stories. He was so cool. And Brian, I think as folks on the line may know, has had just quite a life journey. I don't even know where to begin. And he's one of those legends Mm -hmm. that I am so thrilled is still with us after everything that he's gone through. So long live Brian Wilson. Check out the documentary. Long live music memories. And that's what we're here for. Right, Stephanie? Yeah, that's awesome. He was like in our heads or something when he was uh, doing this documentary. So you need to reach out to him again and let him know that, uh, you know, we have things in common with him for sure. So um, me, myself, uh, definitely love some Beach Boys music. So awesome. I'll definitely have to check that out. Thank you. Thank you. It's very fun. Hell yeah. So, well, hey guys, um, as Stephanie mentioned, we got a great show today. So let's get into it. Um, today we are talking about the one, the only, the offspring and one of their most loved deep cuts by fans all over the world. It's called Bad Habit. Tell you the same 
y'all. Bad habit. Y'all love that little snippet. Yes, it got you pumped. It got you pumped. Yeah, so the <laughs> offspring, y'all. The offspring. They formed back in 1984, and their name was Manic Subsidal. <laughs> That's quite the name. I love it. Um, Manic Subsidal, for sure. Um, they're out of Garden Grove, California. Um, their current lineup is lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist Brian, a.k.a. Dexter. Colin, lead guitarist, Kevin, a.k.a. Noodles Wasserman, and bassist Todd Morse. So, y'all, these folks have been together for 38 years. So, 38-year career, they have released 10 studio albums. That's awesome. The Offspring is often accredited for, um, for following alongside fellow California punk bands, such as Green Day. We talked about them in episode one. No Effects. Bad Religion, and Rancid, just to name a few, for reviving mainstream interest in punk rock in the 90s. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as we mentioned in, you know, in episode one, that we are definitely giving, you know, some love to the 90s music, writing some love letters. These folks have sold over 40 million records worldwide, making them one of the best selling punk rock bands in history. Holy shit. Wild. Sit on that for a minute. Wild. Amazing. Wow. That is so amazing. And y'all, guess what? They have a new album coming out this year. Woo! And they're currently recording it. They're recording it now. Heck yeah. So they are definitely not uh, in yesteryear. They are with us. They're still touring. It's amazing. But we're going to go back to 1994, the album Smash and the song Bad Habit. Such a cool song. And I just love offspring so much i love that they uh decided hey we are punk in this way we don't need to sound yep. like something's from the 70s we're our own thing and they brought it and they still bring it so i think that that's really cool and i think it's great historical context when For i think sure. about what they've done but yes smash was just an album I absolutely loved when it came out. And Bad Habit, I think, was probably one of my favorite tracks off of there. I know I've shared it on the podcast, but I love 1994 as a year for music. It's a great year. Right? It's a great year. It was so fun. And Smash as an album, for me, that was no exception. It was definitely high on my list. I think it was one of the first CDs I bought. the big hits off of Smash, I think the ones you probably heard on the radio, were mm-hmm. Self Esteem, Come Out and Play, and Gotta Get Away. And those were all over the time. You heard them constantly. But yes, my personal faves were Bad Habit. And then I love What Happened to You. So go check that out and listen to it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I just have so many distinct memories of these songs from Smash just being played really prominently at a junior high dance. And I, and I know Stephanie, you have really similar uh, timed memories, right? It's of a certain era. Everybody was so excited. It was like, Oh, we're going to play the offspring at the dance. So I have a lot of fond memories of offspring. And when I think about Bad Habits specifically, I think, oh, it's this track that you kind of had to be in the know. If you- Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. You had this album, if you were just familiar with the radio stuff, you didn't know it. And talk tuners you got to remember too that like back in the day this there's no streamable things you really did had to seek out you had to Mm -hmm. seek out music so Mm -hmm. it was like oh are you familiar with this song and if you were in the know you were in the know Mm -hmm. but i think a lot a lot of kids in junior high thought it was the best and it's probably because of all the cursing and the song oh yeah it's uh for those who have not heard it it's a track about road rage it's told from the point of view of the driver, kind of morphs into this rageaholic style fantasy that uh, culminates in a string of expletives. And we we heard from Offspring what they meant story-wise. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit. They said, hey, this is kind of what we meant when we wrote this. But then I, I keep thinking, okay, this was probably a semi-common theme for just media in general at the time, there was the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas that had a really similar theme of him. Mm-hmm. It's like road rage and uh, like fantasy violence. So maybe that was, you know, something of the time. But yes, there's context. And I know you have your own memories with this, Stephanie. 
Yeah, I mean, we're just, you know, just kind of elaborate on, you know, your last point regarding the Michael Douglas film and just kind of road rage in general. Like this wasn't a topic that was talked about, y'all. So no one talked about this. Like you didn't read in the paper like we do now, like so-and-so road rage this, you know. So this was definitely uh, something unique for the time. And as far as like Smash the album, hell yeah, definitely one of my favorites um, from 94. It was the album of choice because at this time in my life, I was able to go hang out with boys unsupervised, (laughs) you know, because we could actually be friends. It was cool. And uh, I I always brought the Smash tape, man. Everybody knew Pena brought the Smash. I'm like, this is what's up. We always played it first. (laughs) So cool. There's a reason why I brought it and it always kicked off the night. And it's because of the way the album starts. Yeah. So the the album starts with a 25 second intro for folks that do not know of this voiceover actor. His name is John Mayer. Please do not think he's the dude that we can, we all think about, you know, my body's a wonderland. No, we're not talking about that guy. (laughs) No, no. Pure coincidence. Pure coincidence that his name is John Mayer. Right, oh right. God. I thought so too. Doing so the research, I was like, wait, hold on. I, I'm not going to lie. I had to go back and make sure. But I was like, there's no way because this guy had a very adult voice, right? He has an yeah. adult voice. John Merrick was not, you know, super adult in 94. But anyway, so <laughs> you have a voiceover actor by the name of John Mayer who gives a 25 second intro to the album. He's telling us to relax to this compact disc and enjoy the melodies as music soothes even the savage beast. Yo, yeah. that is one of the best intros for an album ever. It's and so then great. Af- right, dude. Oh my God. Oh my God. I can just listen to that, you know, over and over again. And then after that intro, it busses in, rolls right into Nitro, and in parentheses, a song is Youth Energy. It's fast, it's hard, you knew they were fucking around, and the the lyrics, like, live, like, there's no tomorrow, and they're chanting, ain't gonna waste this life, and I'm like, hell yeah, let's go! And, oh, yes! Oh my god, I mean, I'm pumped, you can hear me now, I'm super pumped just talking about it, the excitement. Dude, all this excitement, all this energy, just, and you're only two minutes and 51 seconds into the album. Okay. Right. Come on. Like, yo, this is amazing. And then right after Nitro comes in, bad habit. Yeah. I got one word for that. It's not even in the dictionary, but it's per fucking fiction. Dude. Her fucking fiction. I'm like, yes. Like, oh my God. It's like, I am in love. So yeah, absolutely love me some offspring. You know, um, and you know, as you know, as to your point, Stephanie, yes, there's a lot of expletives into, and it's a one part. It's just one part of the song. Um, and <laughs> I understand its popularity there for sure. Um, but uh, my, I had some friends that actually had an offspring shirt that had that line on the, you know, on the back of the t-shirt. <laughs> And uh, for some reason, you know, my parents didn't let me have it. Um, I guess they had to draw the line somewhere, right? They just had to. Um, It's cool. It's cool. I mean, they let me listen to 80s hair. I mean, come on. There you go. (laughs) Anyway, you know, just to come back to even today, like the other day I was listening to Lithium on Sirius XM and the song came on and I was like, oh my God, because you never hear it. They always play. Yeah, dude. They always play the, you know, the hits. They always do. And Bad Habit came on. I'm like, oh my God. And luckily I was 
on the highway and there was no traffic and I'm just driving fast and just excited. Oh my gosh, such good, such a good song. And, uh, you know, and I'm not going to lie, even today I was thinking about this song because I knew we were going to record and somebody just did some really stupid things on the road. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of had this song in my head and uh, maybe I flicked the guy off, you know, hawk my horn, flick them off, you know, road rage is real. Road rage is real. You know, maybe that's the theme of this full song is road rage is real. It is. It is. But, you know, hey, man, this guy like totally was cutting lanes and he could have caused a big accident. But luckily, I'm a good driver. But I'm like, like, dude, no, like not today. I'm not trying to die today. Not not, today, Satan. No. (laughs) That's crazy. No. No. I'm glad you're okay. That sounds pretty intense. And, you know, it was justification for road rage you know that's the bottom mm-hmm. line here and i just think about okay what were the what were the mindset that the offspring was in when they wrote right. this song right because yeah. everyone's like oh i relate to this like this is in my daily life what was this like and song facts actually offered some clarity on the song and i thought that was really cool it talked about how lollipop magazine spoke with noodles of course guitarist noodles and they said, hey, what's bad habit about? And he's like, it's a song about this guy with a bad habit. He drives around shooting people on the freeway. And he said, that's sarcasm. It's a tongue-in-cheek look at, I don't know, psychosis. It's not the real thing. So it's like a, this quote of like, hey, guys, like, we're making art. Just, uh, you know, don't take it literally. Yeah, give some yeah. context, right? Yeah. But it was, I mean, he spoke about that because the song was controversial, for its lyrical content and the themes, uh, including mm-hmm. the line, you can't miss the line, at the end, a stupid, dumb shit, goddamn motherfucker. And Noodles recalled, we got a lot of hate mail after Smash was successful from, as he said, parents with sticks up their asses. Said, evidently, <laughs> right? It's just like, it's just hilarious. And uh, he said, evidently, some parents don't trust their children to have any intelligence of their own or be able to tell the difference between sarcasm and an order barked at them. And so he's like, hey, guys, just, you know, hit pause and back up and let me kind of tell you what this is about. And then the group went on and they actually did try to explain the meaning of the song to various critics. And they realized, oh, it's actually not going to make a difference here. Um he finalized it with the quote, uh, parents still had a problem with it. He said, like, kids are going to hear it and suddenly think it's okay to go driving on the highway shooting people. Have some faith in your kids. If your kids don't know the difference, why don't they know the difference? And I thought that was a pretty great quote. It kind of summed it up uh, the entire thing, right? The entire controversy, the entire thing. Yeah, man. And just like to to bring it bring it all full circle during this time, people were thinking that artists were literal about everything. Right. Like, right. My gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. You know? yeah. <laughs> just stop. So that it's so comical, but I get it. I mean, you and I lived through it. Right. So I yeah, that's insane. That is completely insane. But, um, you know, it's a good song. And yeah. uh, and it's one that I've heard live. Um, I saw them play at the Sunken Garden Theater on April 8th, 1999. Um, and this is in San Antonio. So where I so grew cool. up. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. So in this tour, um, Americana was the album, the current album at the time, but they were definitely bringing the hits from Smash, Ixnay on the Ombre. Um, and, you know, and of course, the stuff from the 80s too, 
And it was great. So at this particular time, they were at the height of their fame. I mean, you cannot turn on the radio and not hear the song Pretty Fly for a White Guy and Why Don't You Get a Job. These are just two songs. I'm sure listeners on the line are just like, yep, remember that. Absolutely. Um, So the crowd. So with that, you know, the crowd was definitely a mix. You know, Offspring is a punk band. But you, you know, by this time, they're very mainstream. So it's going to it's going to bring all different walks of life. So you had folks that were, you know, in their uh, working professionals and you had folks, yeah, people like me who are teenagers, um, you know, teenage dirtbags like myself. Um, you know, <laughs> I was up in the pit because by this time I had mentioned in episode one that I was still a little iffy on where I landed in as far as my uh, spot in, in the concert viewing. Sure. But <laughs> by 99, I was good. I was up in the pit and... <laughs> Had a damn good time. And one and one thing I remember about this particular show, I just remember getting super fucking wild when they played All I Want. And oh. uh, yeah, because that's cool. that is right, because that one's more um, you know, definitely has more of a traditional punk feel the way it starts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, ah! Head totally. explodes, everyone goes nuts, right? Um, but, uh, I do remember for bad habit, like it was a chorus, like everybody was just singing it. Dexter didn't even sing a damn thing because people were just singing it word for word. Um, and it was amazing. And with that, I'm just going to sum it up with the Ric Flair. Woo. It was a (laughs) woo moment. Oh my (laughs) God. I mean, what better than a woo to sum up? Seeing Woo! a very exciting show from these guys. Yeah, it's, it was a workout. It was a workout, girl. Yeah. Well, I think it's so cool that you got to see them in the 90s, right? Like at this point where they're really doing their thing. Right. I think that's awesome. I didn't end up getting to see them live until years later I, when that's it was okay. after the 90s. It's a, it that's was all right. Okay. It was all right. Okay. It was so good. Yeah. But I did, it was quite a, it was quite a show. So I have to say, like, it was an epic way to see them. I got the chance to see them on the Vans Warped Tour um, in 2005 on, in Randall's Island Park. And I think talk tuners on the line who are, I would say, New York music fans, like, know about Randall's Island and oh yeah, what's involved in getting to Randall's Island. And um, every time that was, like, announced, Stephanie, I remember, as the venue for whatever you and I were going to see, mm-hmm. it would be like, is it at freaking Randall's Island again? Because mm-hmm. it was so involved. It's just this, for folks who don't know, this weird and circuitous place to try to get to. Yes. Uh, but I did it. I did it many times because love of the music. I think it involves a bus, a train, and sometimes a boat and a ferry. You're completely on point. Right? There's, yeah, there's like this last little jaunt. Um, on the ferry so it's just like you got to really want to go to that show <laughs> and Vans Warped Tour was absolutely worth it it was absolutely worth it the tour was amazing it was dozens of bands on multiple stages including there's My Chemical Romance there Fallout Boy these names that are still big today but the one yeah. um yeah that we were most excited for was The Offspring and I had gone with my sister Kim and our friend Lucy, who we've talked about, and then some other of our mutual friends. And it was, of course, this great show. Offspring's performance was this highlight. The crowd was just so happy to see them finally get up there. 
And they were going so strong, you know, even after this 90s, you know, come out like originally coming out in the 90s. It's just like, no, 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 we're still like very strong. And not all live performers keep that kind of momentum over the years, but they did. And so I thought that was awesome. We were in the front, but we weren't in the pit. So we're sitting there kind of like at one point in what ended up being a lot of dirt. And there were points in the day for this show, just to paint the picture, where we're literally sitting in the middle of a dust storm. And we're like, are they up there? Like, are they up there? We think uh, my sister and I lost Lucy to like way in the pit up there. But it just showed, you know, the things that we do for concerts. There's live music involved. We were covered in this layer of dirt on the way back home on the subway. I'll never forget that. But, you know, it's a distinctive memory of how good that Offspring show was to sit there in the dirt. And that was a hell of a show. That was a hell of a show. So I feel like between your experience and my experience, they really show how they can bring it through the eras. For sure. And I remember you guys, because um, we were living together at the time, and uh, you and your sis rolling in off of the dirt. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. happened? Yeah. We were like, why are you guys covered in a fine layer of dirt? What's happening? Like, what, what's up? So, But you had a good time, and that's what it's about. And yeah, going to Randall's Island, that's a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> that is a commitment. So that's cool. But, you know, nevertheless, I'm glad we both got to see them. And now that they are producing new music, and as we know, we're still touring, as I mentioned earlier. Hopefully we can catch them together. That would be amazing. So good. That'd be really fun. But, uh, you know, overall, you know, guys, The Offspring, um, they're a band, again, of evolution. They've evolved. They are definitely relevant. And one of the things I just want to highlight about them as a whole overall is that, you know, their songs... They talk about a range of topics from gang violence. Um, one of their, from Smash, come out and play. That's about gang violence and, and juvenile gang violence. And, you know, that was definitely something that was happening in the 90s. Um, you know, they talk, again, bad habits, road rage. They talk about bad relationships, hardships in general, death and loss, and just so much more. I mean, they're covering it. You know, this is another band, just like Green Day, that we literally kind of grew up with them. And, yeah. and I, I love that for them. And, you know, as I mentioned, I saw them in 99 and this is right before they played Woodstock 99 in that particular show. There's so much I can say about it. We're going to elaborate that, but it was in particular, it was a show where they showed their respect for their female fans. Cause this particular show was a dangerous place for female patrons. Yeah. Yeah, it was a dangerous place for women and uh, talk tuners. If you don't know, Woodstock 99 was just this uh, overall shit show. And it was nuts. It uh, Women started getting assaulted while crowd surfing on the mosh pit. And The Offspring was the band who called out the assaults, actually, uh, when others weren't. And even to this day sort of gloss over it, which is kind of like, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all on YouTube and talk tuners. You guys can go find it and uh, see them saying it in real time. But Dexter uh, says from the stage, he's like, okay, I see some bad behavior going on in the audience. It was near the end of their set and he decided to comment on it. And he says, Hey, I'm noticing something. You got to call your attention to it for a second. I've been noticing there's a lot of girls coming over the top here, crowd surfing. They're getting broke. You know what I mean? 
Now, I think because a girl wants to go crowd surfing or whatever, that doesn't give the guy a right to molest him. Know what I'm saying? And then um, he told audience members, like, you need to actually, uh, you actually need to stand up here. He's like, if you're a guy, you see a girl going overhead, do not freaking group them. And then he said, I thought this was kind of funny. If you're a girl and you see a guy overhead, I want you to grab his fucking balls. Yeah, hell yeah. So I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny. I appreciate that over the years he's stood up for his female fans. Don't have to identify yourself anybody to like stand up for women. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean <laughs> that's fucking badass because that was a different time. You know, I yeah. mean that was a completely different time. And hats off to. The offspring for Dexter for for speaking up because y'all, I mean, yeah, Stephanie mentioned the YouTube to see it live. You can watch documentaries on it on Netflix. It was a fucking nightmare, man. Yeah. Complete nightmare. And um, I'm glad that I did not have the money to attend because I had just graduated high school and I wanted to go to that show so bad. Um, (laughs) So, but, you know, aside from that, so hell yeah, props to Dexter. And he's a smart motherfucker, like straight up. He holds a PhD in molecular biology. So mad respect to him. Um, always have, uh, you know, respect for folks that are, are the intellect inside a classroom, um, inside a certain trade, and then have that creative side. It just goes to show how multi-talented um, folks are. Yeah. And, you know, this band is definitely not one dimensional. Um, they have that comedic side, you know, Pretty Fly for a White Guy is a hilarious song. Um, and then they get real and I'm, you know, I'm sure that are definitely top tuners that resonate with different songs from, you know, from their catalog because they aren't one dimensional. They experiment with sound and yeah. you can't ask for anything better. Um, they're awesome. So, you know, definitely hats off to the offspring. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoy the way they've morphed over the years too, right? It's like, Hey, we're not going to take ourselves seriously, but we are serious musicians. I think that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So this has been fantastic. Um, definitely going down memory lane. Um, so much, so much good stuff. Um, hey, y'all. So we are a proud member of the Pantheon Network. Um, please check out our network. There's plenty of brother and sister podcasts that are amazing that you that you know focus on certain topics, um, different topics. It's all music related. You know, you're a music junkie. You're listening now. So please go show some love to our brother and sister podcast. And you can definitely go to connect with us. Uh, just go easily. Go to stephaniestalktunes.com. There you'll be able to see all of our podcast platforms, listen to previous episodes, buy merch. That's that's our heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't make it any easier for you guys. So yeah. Um, yeah, I encourage you guys to go out there because we love that interaction. We love it. You can listen to us at Good Pods, iTunes, Spotify, all the other platforms we'd be very grateful for a five-star review but as stephanie says remember it's stephaniestalktunes.com and that way you can find like all of our socials and that's including stephanie's talk tunes at instagram facebook tiktok stephanie's talk on twitter or want to email us stephaniestalktunes at gmail.com so please reach out to us all right stephanie you always put it better than i do i appreciate that well y'all i've had a great time uh, it's been Real Talk Tuners. This is Benya. I'm signing off. Later. Bye, Talk Tuners. See you in two weeks.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.